in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. everybody how is it going welcome to another episode of the top 10 show i am john roca uh, i am matt nost and um you know welcome into another week uh here in festive <laughs> beautiful if you're watching this over at uh, youtube.com forward slash uh the top 10 podcast i believe it is yeah yeah uh, yeah watch over there we got nice christmas decorations up it's that uh, most wonderful time of the year. Have you guys done much Rama the house? Yeah, actually, surprisingly so. And you know, Lily, Lily is like one of these people that like Christmas was not a big deal in her house. So it's a it's a thing that we've been working on over the last couple of years together. Um, like we got our first tree. That was something that she hadn't done before, or she would get plastic trees. So I was like, no, we're gonna get a real tree. Blah, blah, Hell blah. yes. But once she gets into it, she's really like all about it. And so it's just like we better. So next year, I think there'll be more of the like watching Christmas movies. That's something she does not like. She's not she's hesitant to do or not big to do. But this year we got our Christmas tree early right after Thanksgiving. Rolled, there's a tree place like literally two minutes away. We just went over there and picked out a great tree. And she decorated it within a couple of days. We went through this store called At Home. And we picked out, like, what was the color scheme we want to go with? And this year is more of, like, the foresty, like, the, what you see behind me, like, the red and black kind of combo with that Santa there. All of that, that's the vibe we went for. And so we got ourselves, like, I think it was, I think it's a 12-foot tree or something like that. So we got a pretty oh, big Oh, wow. Tree. You got a 12-foot yeah. tree? Yeah, yeah. Our ceilings are pretty high in the house that we're, we're renting here in San Diego. So we got a 12-foot one. Uh, tied it to the top of my fucking Prius and drove it all the way. We got it at the Home Depot. It wasn't that, it wasn't like too bad, like, uh, like uh, price wise. Um, but they what cut it down. Got? Huh? It was about 110, 110 on the tree. So not too bad for a 12 footer. The um, there's a Home Depot in Burbank off yeah. Flower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just south of that IKEA, right? Mm-hmm. And so we were looking for like tree options and we went to that one and to Lowe's and a couple other places. Uh, and walking in, they're the only one that I saw that because we went to three different Home Depots. Yeah. They had $900 trees, three of them. Holy. Set up by the entrance. They're fucking huge, but they're like 20 footers. Right, right. Just these massive trees. But there's three of them. Three, like two of them, I think were the same variety, like a Douglas fir, and another one was a Royal Pine or some shit like that. I, I can't remember. Right. Uh, but they were all roughly the same size. It was eight ninety nine, eight ninety nine, and eight ninety nine. You're like, wow, oh, what the fuck is buying this thing <laughs> in the middle of a quarantine? But apparently, where there's demand, there's yeah, some, it's the only place I saw it at. And I was like, or they got stuck with it. Yeah, dude, uh, there are, there are some people that take this shit. Oh yeah, super seriously, man. Like I, I'm sorry, not a 12 footer. Sorry, a 10 footer, 10 footer, 10 footer, not a okay. 12, 10 footer. But like I saw people who, like, apparently at this place, they will dust your tree to make it white. 
Like even your pine tree, See, you can that. pay for that service. Apparently it's like 60 bucks or something like that. And no. they will dust your tree. But that shit like leaves stains all over the place. So well, I, I get a, it, but it's weird. A, I don't like it personally, just as, as an aesthetic. Okay. Um, Cause that to me is just over the why it looks like uh, the 1960s when you see the fake trees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With that on, it just makes me instantly think it's not real. Right. B, this thing's already in three weeks going to be a tender box. What? Let's add chemicals <laughs> that you know are flammable. I bet you now they have more fire retardant versions, whatnot. Oh, sure, but sure, sure, sure. can't be adding chemicals in general. Probably not a good idea <laughs> to the tender box. But yeah, we just got a little six footer because we're taking it with us uh, at one point to transport when we're spending, you know, doing a little close family Christmas. Nice, nice. We're going to bring our tree with us and then it oh, just cool. dies after that. But it just saves from buying another tree for one day type. Yeah. I'm like, wow, well, we'll just bring ours, but this will fit back in my car. There's going to be fucking pine needles everywhere, just oh, yeah. everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guaranteed. That's the exchange. You have to vacuum Yeah. once a day. Or a couple every couple of days to kind of get the pine needles off, and you have to water it. There's upkeep on the trees. Oh yeah, or on the tree as well. It, like is part. But to it. get that nice tree smell. Oh yeah, I love the pine smell. It really makes it festive as shit. Yeah. yeah. And, and with, Matt, for for me, Matt, this is the first time I'm doing Christmas in a house since like I live with my parents. And so, oh wow, really? Yeah. So there's like this extra meaning this year for me that i think we're, and we've got a fireplace like in the house there's the fireplace so you're gonna use it no i we have i'm probably not gonna, but like it's nice to have it maybe we've we'll got one too it. we're never gonna use it yeah yeah maybe we'll use it on christmas night as like you know kind of a fun thing to do for like an hour because i'm afraid we'll set the whole house on fire but like um it's gas powered so it's like you turn it on and uh, sure comes up so maybe it's easy to manage but either way, it's just a kind of nice significance uh, for me and and for her. Like we're doing this in a house for the first time in a while, and it's nice, you know. And she decorated the whole place out. Like she's put reindeer stuff outside and shit like that. The thing, though, dude, living here, let me tell you, bro, they, people are like super into it here. They've strung lights across the houses, uh, and everyone's got these lights. We walked out the other night. We went to Target late at night, and we were like. Ah, shit, man. We really dropped the ball here as like part of this residential area. Like next year, if we're still here, we have to yeah. have lights, man. Yeah, I strung up a two uh two strands of they're 273 feet long, but it's 800 LED lights. Mm. And right. I've got two strands of those on the outside of the house. Yeah. See? So. But you like doing that shit. I, I'm like Clark Griswold. I'm an incompetent buffoon putting this shit up, and I'm scared. I'm just gonna put like staples in my well, hand or staples in the fucking uh, house that's gonna cost us money to you know repair. I, and I wouldn't use a staple gun personally. <laughs> see, see, do you see the difference? Well, if that's your default, is a comedy of errors. You might want to investigate just a little bit more. You know, there's a reason they're showing you the Keystone Cops version. <laughs> you shouldn't do it like this. <laughs> Uh, fair point fair point man. <laughs> no i just i took a drill i bought little uh, uh five eighths brass hooks those tiny little ones you can buy a box of 100 for oh, yeah. a few bucks at home depot and just put a little small hole in screwed that in and just did that and then hung and just oh, moved, yeah. did that hung and just did it around until it's a couple hours because mm -hmm. it's just you know one step at a time but it's not hard I, yeah i think if i figured it out I probably wouldn't have a problem doing it. 
Um, it's just nerves of trying to figure it out because I don't want to fuck shit up. I'm, I can be a, an absolute buffoon, man, honestly. And I have stepped through shit. And I'm super self-conscious about like breaking shit because I've broken shit in the past. I've sat on chairs and broken them. And so it's like it's those things kind of mess with me when I start to do handy work like this. Okay. And then I worry about it. But but if I could figure out how to do it, I feel comfortable pop it in the headphones for two fucking hours and hang it. That wouldn't even be a problem for me. Right. Once yeah. I'm confident doing it, oh, I don't want so, hours doing it. The worst is, so I had to hang, I did it down on the units down below. Right. Mm, right. And across the front of the house, I had to do one big droop because this, this big window doesn't open. And I was oh, like, well, yeah. I'm leaning out to, to drill these in and to hang it. And I'm not leaning out to put one over there. It's just not happening. And I've got an extension ladder, but it doesn't go that high. So just like for this. And then I got on the roof on the other side and I, uh, cause it's a two, two pitched roofs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I managed to pull it through, but it had one big droop and every other one I systematically put at the rafter. So that there was a consistency to it. Mm-hmm. And Catherine came home and she was like, yeah, it looks like it came out at one spot. And I was like, Oh, I can't, that's the best I can do unless we want to go tight. And she's like, I mean, we, we don't have to change it. <laughs> and I was like, are you kidding me? The only part, the only part that is treacherous. And I was like, I really would. You really want to, I mean, I think it would just look better. Oh, son of a gun. <laughs> so I had to like do it all. You know, it, it didn't take, it honestly took a minute and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's the only part that was. The reason I did that. Oh, that's so funny, man. She's like, eh, you know, you don't have to. Oh, that sounds like you really feel like I have to. Yeah. <laughs> that really fine. sounds like I'm going to be on this damn roof again. Initially, she's like, you could just hang over the side. I'm like, that oh. never, I'm not, you know, army crawling down to the edge of this roof and then reaching an arm. On, no, that's right. not happening. So <laughs> we'll find another solution. I mean, it's totally yeah. fine. <laughs> exactly. She wasn't d- demanding or anything like that. She's just oh. like, well, you know, it's the rest of it's so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that just looks weird, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, I know what you're saying, but. <laughs> uh, yeah, today she decorated, Lindley decorated like a majority of the house out of the blue. Like we've had decorations sitting in the garage. She she went to like a bunch of places um, Saturday and like was like buying shit and whatever. I don't know. Like I, I'm like, you know, we, you know, well, how much do you need? Whatever. And she goes, no, no, no. I like doing this. So she goes off and I got to relax on Saturday, but she came back with all the shit and nothing had been put up. And, uh, and apparently last night she's on a new like sleeping kick last night. She slept like fucking 12 hours, got up and she's got all this spirit. Now I walked out of the room cause I was in the office for like an hour working on some shit. I went out of the room. The entire fucking living room is done. And I was like, holy shit, how did yep. you do this in like an hour? And it looks great. And it's subtle. It's like it's got enough stuff, but it's not overdone. Yeah. Which is great because both of us have that sensibility about it or that aesthetic rather. And so it looks fantastic. It looks great, you know. So I, I, I love it that she gets into it. We just got to get her on the, the Christmas yeah. movies next because I hate that I can't watch Christmas they, movies with her, man. It drives me nuts. Still, though, her having never really gotten a tree yeah. works in your favor because that's the only time we it's the only difference we had like on the decorations we agree and just like ah oh, let's put that over there and this over here and what about this here great go for it but the tree she wanted to get like this little charlie brown pathetic tree and i'm like i'm Catherine not getting did. that yeah i'm not getting that's not a christmas tree it's a cute she's like it's so cute though and i'm like we had to take this with us to the family christmas 
and there's going to be two little kids there. There's like eight of us. And so 20 some odd percent or whatever that is two one of the 25% of the people there are going to be young enough to where they're going to look at that and think Christmas died. <laughs> so why don't we get a tree? Oh, you know, she was like, you're putting your foot down about the tree. I was like, I, yes, yes. Yeah. We're, We'll just get a, a standard Christmas tree. <laughs> I think that's awesome. This, just, it this was still so, you're dying on? Yes. Yes, I yeah, am. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was already sad, and it was fully alive. Yeah. You know what I mean? In right. three weeks, it's going to look pathetic. Yeah. Just yeah. so bad. It's already thin. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Hairline yeah. is receding. Do we want to watch this thing recede to bolt? <laughs> <laughs> Do we? I don't. No. And I don't want to pay, you know, $50, $60 for a little six foot tree and watch it do that. Right. This isn't an animated show. This is real life. In real life, those yeah. things aren't as cute. In a no, it's tree. cute yeah. if we just had it like as a second tree. Do you want to get a second tree? Let's get a second tree. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, yes, that's. Yeah. <laughs> I think she tried that last year and I was like, no, we're doing a real fucking tree. What plastic or Charlie no, Brown? She wanted to do like a three foot tree, like we could put on the table. And I was like, yeah, we went, yeah, we had to do this size because we have to fit it in my car eventually to transport. Right, right. And uh, my argument was, why? What? No, she's like, well, we're just going to get rid of it in four weeks. I'm like, no, you're looking at a, at this all wrong. You've got to get a really good tree so that you can have it kind of lift yeah. up your spirits every time you walk into the room. It needs to be a presence uh, in the room. Yeah, exactly has to be it does if it's a little three footer you can kind of like you can put it on top of something oh isn't that cute and like that's not a tree right uh (laughs) no that's a tree. i wish i wish i was like you when uh because you know with six footer once again it's got to fit inside Mm -hmm. when i was a kid uh my house so uh it was like really old they build them in just weird dimensions that you don't build houses in anymore Mm -hmm. but when you walked in the front little open you know area was this small room but it was uh, like 20 feet tall. Oh, wow. Yeah. It matched nothing else in the rest of the house as far as design. Every other room was roughly normal size. And you just walked in. It was like, and it had a little, uh, you know, pitched roof at the top type of thing. And it was the stairs to go up. And then on the left was the living room and the kitchen was behind it. And it was just this room that existed for no fucking, re- it took up so much real estate in the house. Right. But my parents would buy the 12 footers, the 14 footers, and just like, that's a tree, man. That is a tree. That thousand dollar tree, I looked at it, it was like, that's what it looked like as a kid. Wow. Yeah, yeah, right. No way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's no way we, my parents paid a grand or whatever the equivalent of in 1986 was. Yeah, yeah. But that's what it felt like as a six year old, seven year old. I'm like, look at this tree. But it was probably like a 14 footer still. Right. Still impressive. Yeah, yeah. My dad hated like real trees. We had a plastic oh. tree we'd bring down from the fucking attic and attach the pipes. Yeah, it's the worst. Oh, I mean, I just hated that. So one time, I think in, in my late teens, I convinced him to get a real tree. We got a real tree, and it was great to have it. But, like, the constant upkeep, both my mom and my dad were just like, fuck this. So, um, Well, they're I, setting their ways. I, uh, I swore. Oh, speaking of which, here's my mom. I swore I'd, uh, I'd, uh, when it was my turn to have mm-hmm. trees, I would buy. <laughs> so every year for the last, you don't fucking years. get me. <laughs> you don't get my Christmas. <laughs> I agree, man. It's tree or it's nothing. Yeah, you gotta have the tree, tree. or it's nothing. I, I, yeah, yeah, don't put up a, a fake one because it's fake. It's what's the point? What, are we in a department store? 
Right, right. And listen, by the way, anybody listening to us who likes fake trees or, you know, because a lot of the time yeah. it's because you, Good know, on you. you can't afford uh, uh, these trees. That, that we're that's not they were, not yeah, that's where they were raised with. Yeah, exactly. And they didn't rebel like you did, like the bad boy <laughs> that you are. Yeah, like the outlaw. It's fucking, this is real Christmas, mom. You don't fucking get it. What's this? You know, I'd, I'd be enjoying if this wasn't a plastic tree, mom. Thanks for the gift, though. Thanks My parents that. do that now, though. They have a tree that folds into like a duffel bag. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. It's a big duffel bag. It's a nice fake tree. But at the end of the day, how is this Christmas? You, <laughs> you pull in this big, massive duffel bag and open it up and then start assembling. It's just like, this is not Christmas. You know, it's not Christmas. <laughs> But my mom goes all out though. She wraps garland around the, the oh, okay. stairwell, like the banister. Oh, right. Yeah. She, yeah. Anywhere that she can get away where it's not like over too much. She's yeah. wrapping garland. She's putting this up. Like she's got full on Christmas right. tchotchkes, yeah. but the, yeah, the fake tree just kills me. I don't, but it's, <laughs> it's just so much easier for them because they don't have little kids anymore. So there's no point in having tree up for a month. It's extra work. Why yeah. would you do that for yourself if it's not really a big deal to you? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, I'm sure they put up decorations like two weeks out as opposed to when we were kids, right after Thanksgiving, like decorations are coming. Yeah. Christmas right. is getting close. Right, right, right. I need to start being on my best behavior. I just hope I get something. Yeah. I rewatched Klaus. I know we got to get into the show, man. I rewatched Klaus the other day. Have you seen that yet, Klaus? The one on Netflix, that animated one? Um, I well, you know, we do have a certain show coming up. Oh, soon. never mind, never mind, never you mind. Yeah, there's no point in uh, anyway. Anyway, let's get into the show. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so, back to the real way to celebrate Christmas. Yeah, do you have yeah. do you have ornaments? Do you like go out to Target and buy a bunch she, of randoms? Or? She does, she does, and yeah. I trust her, dude. I can't. Like once again, I can't design worth a shit. Like I do the best I can uh, to my limited ability. Like she built, she the tree, she did all that, she decorated all that. And sure, this I picked out though, like the 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 Happy Holidays one, the Merry Christmas one, the Santa. I what about the, the the construction paper looped garland in the that background. was that was her that she gave me. <laughs> it's fun. It's crafty. That's kind of what yeah. Christmas is. It's about yeah. that to me. It's like I don't want all the shiny plasticky like. You know, yeah. the painted uh, house, someone just took off the 17 live, laugh, love signs that they get at Target and they right, put up right. the 15 Christmas ones like that to me is not at Christmas either. It's the if you want to make crafts, go for it. It's Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Put up a I mean, bunch of garland like, you know, the Jim Gaffigan bit, you know, Christmas seems like it was designed by a drunk person like let's spread the tree inside. But the garland, like, throw that up. Go for it. You got this a bunch of ornaments that you bought over the years type of thing? Like, Yeah. I mean, we have a box. We certainly have a box sure. of ornaments we've accumulated over the last two years. So, uh, But, yeah, for but I, I was going to put tinsel, and she's like, don't fucking do tinsel. And so I was like, all right, all right. I agree with her. I don't like tinsel either. Yeah, yeah, she hates tinsel. So but I'm not against it like I am the fake snow. The fake snow just I don't oh, understand. It just yeah. looks too fake. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's weird. It's weird. It I don't, yeah. Everything. Yeah. How, how uh, many times did you open gifts outside at Christmas? Never. Do you mean, yeah, exactly. Why yeah. do I need to replicate the snow inside? It's like, it doesn't. We're inside. 
I don't, I don't understand this charade, but okay. Yeah. It's different if it actually snows where you're at. Maybe I, you can get away with that, right? Because you get the vibe of seeing the snow outside and seeing the snow. You and I both grew up somewhere where there was a potential yeah. for it to be a white Christmas. True, true, true. And never once did I go, hey, we need to have fake snow on the tree inside, too. I didn't even know it was possible, to be honest with you. I thought they were made that way, like because I've only seen the plastic ones. Uh, I thought they were made that way. Like spray foam back in the day. Right, right. So when I saw them actually taking them, and it's the first time I'd ever seen this in my advanced years. Uh, it's, I saw them take that uh, a, a fir tree or a pine tree or whatever it is, and they were dusting it with white shit. I'm like, what? That's how they do it uh, for the real shit? So... Uh, yeah, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, "That's a that's a step too far in terms of the delusion of a snowy Christmas," you know. So, yeah. especially in California, for God's sake. Yeah, to each their own, though. Yeah, absolutely, of course. Of like course. if that's what you want, but it, to me, that is anathema to what what Christmas is. Right. Good for you. Good for you. Um, all right, uh, let's get into our show here, man. Uh, we're doing the top ten body swap movies and this came up because we were having the conversation on last week's show and uh we had said how that could be a fun topic and then afterwards matt texted me and he's like you know what let's do that let's just jump into that let's have a little fun doing that and it Mm kind of coincides with the recent release of freaky the um New little bit, horror. yeah. Yeah, with Vince Vaughn and um, oh, I can't remember the actress's name. They switch bodies, and she's he's a serial killer who switches bodies into the uh teenage girl's body, and he's killing her friends and teachers, and she's trying to get back there, even though she is the she is the body of the serial killer. The cops are pursuing her, so she's got to elude the cops and these other people to try to uh, convince her friends that she's actually trapped in the serial killer's body and that they only, they have 24 hours before it becomes permanent. So they got to switch it back. Um, and apparently it's a really fun film. So at some point, hopefully I'll get, I'll watch it or get a screening link for it and, uh, and to do a review of it, but it looks, and Vince Vaughn doing the cheerleader stuff. It's great to see him do a little bit of humor. Now I, I like it. So that's all I've seen. It was a, there was a clip on Twitter. Mm. Is it, is he doing that in a kitchen, like an industrial kitchen? Yeah, it's thing, like they're down in the kitchen. Like maybe it's the yeah. school kitchen or whatever. And just, I've just seen that five to ten seconds or whatever it is. That's yeah. all I've seen. That's funny. That's, what streaming service is it on? Amazon or Hulu, uh, Netflix? Yeah, so I saw it on Amazon last night. So you can you okay. can buy it on Amazon. Uh, but I'm hoping I can reach out to one of the publicists and maybe I can get a shot at uh, at. Oh, I figured it'd be on free as part of a subscription with someone, oh, but it's no, not. No. No, it's twenty bucks right now. Yeah. Wow, really? Yeah, you have to. Uh, yeah, it's seventeen ninety nine on Amazon Prime on Apple TV. I think it's twenty bucks to watch it. Um, I think so. Because um, I'm looking at all the apps for yeah. No, it's night. Yeah, it's twenty bucks nineteen ninety nine on Apple TV. So it's not. It's not in any way cheap. So, but it's a because it's a first run film. So, yeah, just with no domestic box office to speak of to buoy it. I don't know how much of a groundswell to see it at that price point there's going to be. Is Vince Vaughn a a box office draw anymore, let alone a streaming service draw? Yeah, I don't know that he is. That's a great point. He still could be. Yeah. But that's asking a lot in this now we're inundated sitting at home and you need to break through the clutter with a Vince Vaughn serial killing 
body swapping movie. Like it's a, it could work, but right, right. The movie had to be awesome. Apparently, it's showing. Oh fuck! <laughs> the, now this is weird, man. Living in San Diego or near yeah, there's San shit Diego. open. Okay, so you can see it somewhere. Yeah, apparently no, but the place I can see it is in Mexico. It's in it's in oh where at Rosarito. Rosarito. Okay. Go down and get yourself some lobster. <laughs> see a movie, bro. I am not driving across the fucking border uh, to see I, any movie, let alone this one. I've been to Rosarito. Me too. One time. Once. I went with a, one of my oldest and closest friends was born in Tijuana, mm. so I will Ooh. only go to Mexico with him now, just because I've been twice with a bunch of other, yeah. you know. Non Latino looking people and yeah. uh, been harassed by the cops. Shit's no joke, man. Yeah. Shit's no joke. Everybody else was fine. Like there were a couple bar owners to try and take advantage of us, but we were tourists. You know what I mean? Right. It wasn't, it wasn't malicious. It was, they were trying to squeeze an extra buck or two out of us. Sure, 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 sure. And you know, giving us lower uh, alcohol content Corona <laughs> when they knew damn well because they have like the standard and then they have one that's like a 3.4. Right. Right. Right, right, so you end up having to drink more of them and they didn't, I noticed it and I was like, wait, what is this? And the guy was like, Oh, wrong bucket. And just like, you know, Oh, my bad. That was for somebody that was for another table. Let me get you the real ones. So like, all right, that's fine. I know what you're trying to do. My bad. My bad. Yeah. Just, you know, no harm, no foul. And you're like, that's, that's fine. If that's <laughs> as bad as it's going to get, that's every tourist kind of area. Right. So right. who gives a shit? They're all trying to make a buck. Yep. Agreed. Uh, we went down for a friend's bachelor party. I think I've told this story before uh, to you, like where it was, I was at the time when I was fucking dirt poor, dude. I was broke, you know, mm-hmm. super broke, barely making rent, let alone buying food. Um, and uh, my friends at the time were doing a little bit better. And they were like, uh, I'd like to pay for you to come with us uh, because you're the only one who speaks Spanish. This was a friend's bachelor party. It was like maybe 15 years ago. Um, and so I went down. Uh, and was, you know, like the communication guy for every place we went, like strip clubs and all this kind of shit. But mm-hmm. it's not my jam, man. And I, and I, I, I would, I don't think I'd run back to do it again. Um, there's just a vibe when you go down there. If you're not like aware of the area or aware of that country and what it can, what some of the ins and outs of that country is, it, it can feel dangerous. So for me, even in Rosarito. Oh, yeah there were moments where like we were at a strip club late at night and there was some shit going down that I was like, hey, I don't want to fucking be here. Man. Oh so, yeah, I do. Yeah. So, it's no joke. Drunkenly been to two strip clubs in Tijuana mm. with my buddy who was born in Tijuana. Yeah. Uh, so I felt safe with him, but they were CD man, fucking CD. Right. Right. Um, you know, life experience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I survived, and I'm, but I am no rush to go back or do whatever. And anybody who's like, oh, you can fly into this or fly into that, knock yourself out. Knock yourself out. I went with a friend once. It was, um, you know, I was a young comic, and he was the headliner coming down. He's like, hey, do you want to roll with me down to Tijuana real quick? I need to run to a pharmacy. And I was like, sure. And we walked across the border and he just picked up a bunch of shit that he shouldn't have because he can't get a prescription for it here. And then we just jumped back in his car and drove back to, you know, uh, 
uh, Pacific Beach. Holy shit. Yeah. And it was just like, I just said yes. It was like, why not? There could be a good story. I saw a dude making a churro on the way back into the States. Yeah. But he had taken an old engine block and the piston head, he had turned into a crank. So he's cranking on the side and this piston head is pushing churro, the, whatever the dough is. Yeah. Through a shape form. It's making the perfect churro shape. <laughs> and it goes right into this big vat of who the fuck knows what kind of oil. And he's taking scissors and just cutting it when it gets to whatever length. And they start frying. But he's cranking this old piston head. Uh, <laughs> I was like, look at that. You know, I was stone cold sober. He was hung over with a bag full of prescription pills. And I was like, oh man, is that that looks good. I know I shouldn't eat that. Ingenuity, Just, man. Ingenuity. Yeah. <laughs> I know I should I'm eat sure that. it was delicious. I'm sure it was delicious. I really wanted it. Uh, but I did not eat it. But it's just for that kind of story. But yeah, I don't fucking <laughs> I don't like going to, especially those border towns. Yeah, dude. Nope. No, it's just dicey. And some of the, and when you drive down, except when you fly in, right? You can fly in, I guess, and land in Mexico City or Baja or whatever, and it's fine. They got those resorts that are very much for Americans only. Yeah. Or, or traveling Europeans or whatever. But like, what if you drive through the border, I, man, some of those shanty towns, dude, you're just like heartbroken at the kind of, poverty and devastation you see yeah and all the violence and yeah. you know trying to get drugs into the u.s baby yeah no thanks man no thank you yeah <laughs> anyway <laughs> let's let's get into our merry christmas <laughs> uh so we did once we set a topic we yeah. go our individual ways and create personal top 10. Let's show back up here. I do my bottom three. He does his bottom three. I do my next two. He does his next two. Then we trade one apiece. Once we have revealed our personal top 10 list, we create the shows between the two of us. Boom. Um, I have a feeling. So I tried. I, I, yeah, I know you did. Late yeah. last night. Yes, I did. tried as best I could to honor, because we were talking about the changeup, to honor movies like the changeup where consciousness swaps. And that is really fucking difficult to do. Okay. For me, at least. Mm-hmm. If you got there... God bless you. I can't wait to hear what movies you unearthed. I barely got there, but I, I think there are a little bit of cheats in that bodies are swapped, but maybe not necessarily in exchange for another swap. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, so that's what I'm trying to do that where it's yeah. Ryan Reynolds and Bateman, and then now they're just flip-flopping and playing. They're yeah. doing impressions of the other, in yeah. essence, in their now world. Uh I, I tried to, but I was like, man, there's a lot of shit on this list. And I'm lying to myself about two of these. Just to get to 10. I had like yeah. seven or eight. And I was like, I can yeah. get to seven or eight and be honest with myself. Right. Nine, 10, and 11 here on this list. I know for a fact, I don't like any of them. Wow. Okay. Ostensibly, this is the best made one of these three, right. but I still don't like the movie. <laughs> um. Okay. So then I was like, all right, so I'm, it doesn't necessarily need to be consciousness switch. Just a body change. Yes. A rue. It's of yes. some kind. That's so I, to, to fill out this list. So anyway, that all being said, I did try and give more credence to the consciousness swap just for okay. shit and giggles. Mm-hmm. So no, my number 10 is like father, like son. Oh, okay. Uh, didn't make my list. So please go ahead. And you know what? As it shouldn't. <laughs> okay. Because I was trying to, you know what? I want more body swaps where two characters are swapping and now they have to kind of do an impression of the other. Right. Uh, and that's fun to do uh, and to see if they can actually pull it off. I think of all the body swapping movies that came out in the 80s, this is one of the slightly better versions. Okay. Uh, but if I go back and see it now, it'd be basically four Dudley Moore. Yeah. 
who's uh, great. Who's yeah, because Kirk Cameron didn't have much of a life in movies beyond that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how often I go back for Dudley Moore at this point outside of Arthur. Right, right. Uh, so that's why it's a 10. It's just like the rewatchability is so low compared to everything else that's on my list. Yeah. I still enjoy it, though. I still think it's a fun movie and it's a nice version within the genre. Mm-hmm. But I think it was pulled off better by others. Potentially yeah, I, re- I, I mean, I remember the 80s being a big deal for these. These switch body switches, you know, and of course that probably speaks to the volume of cocaine people were doing, executives were doing in the 80s, going like, I'd love to go back and be a kid again at this time. Video games and, you know, discovering all this kind of yeah. stuff. So, or I it's imagine. somebody at Paramount, hey, TriStar's coming out with this and then... <laughs> Warner Brothers gets wind of it, and then suddenly we have three volcano movies. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. So no that seems there were some years in between, but it yeah. was like you know two or three within a three year span, and then two years off, and then two or three within another three year span. It's like wow, man, a lot of body switching movies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I and I just I didn't know if I liked this one. Who, who's Kirk Cameron's in this one, right? Kirk Cameron, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, 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 I know I saw it cause I was a Dudley Moore guy at the time. Cause I loved mm-hmm. Arthur and, um, a couple of his films like 10 and other things like that, that I'd watched. And so I was like, Oh, this could be fun. And then you watch it like, Oh, it's, it's pretty run of the mill. So, and, and, and you know, it's never one that I've gone back to, to watch or had yeah. any kind of quiet to 10. Yeah, totally, totally. I tried to get on as many of those as I could, but yeah, well, I'm sorry. Dream a little dream. I don't recall liking. I didn't like it at all. It's not on yeah. my list either. Spoiler alert, it's not on yeah. my list either. There's a couple others where I'm being like, yes, it fits the mold, but I don't remember liking it, and I'm not going to go back to rewatch it. Yeah. Because uh, nothing I read about the Wikipedia plot summation really jumps out as anything other than formulaic mm-hmm. uh, laziness. Yeah. So, anyway, that's my 10. All right, what's your nine? <laughs> my nine is uh, the changeup. So, I rewatched this. Oh, okay. So that's a that's a punt for sure. Oh yeah, you rewatched it. At okay. least it made your list. Yeah, exactly. I still. Th- anyway. Yeah, I can get that. But it's, it's a, a punt. it's a slight punt, but yeah, it's a punt. All right, okay. what's your eight? Uh, my eight is all of me. That's my nine, dude. I wish I could put it high. I I wanted to put it higher, but it's a it's a film that I, I you know it's dated at times. But yeah. dude, I remember seeing this film in the theaters with my parents and loving it. I remember the me too kid. And then I remember watching it, whatever would come on the, the, you know, like the pay channels or come on, you know, whatever it's been on, like cable channels or whatever. This is a, a forgottenly, a forgotten good, damn good 80s movie and comedy. And Steve Martin had his physical best. And Lily Tomlin yeah. had her ass with her acerbic wit. Uh, and even the character actor who plays the Swami or whatever, he's like, bucking bowl, bucking bowl, bucking bowl, bucking bowl. All of that. Um, so great. And I think I remember the actress's name who plays his wife, Victoria Tennant, who's this British actress. And I think okay. he, they actually were dating in real life, if I remember correctly. But anyway, I just Is I he, thought that was really funny. He's married in this? I think he's married to her, There's, isn't he? To Victoria. No, no, no. Like he's a, he's yeah. like a, a tied to her through like business or something oh, to Lily Tomlin. Right. He's a lawyer she's, or something, right? Yeah, she's like trying to 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 transfer her consciousness to some other woman who's I can't remember. I think that's that's her, the else. British girl. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like you know, hijinks ensue. 
because <laughs> that's that's every one of these movies. I, I can break it down like in the bowl thing. So you have to put like the souls in the bowl and there's like yeah. a mishandling of the bowl and hijinks yeah. fucking ensue. Right. Uh, but <laughs> I, like, so I, I saw this in the theater. I was really young with, uh, yeah. Like, what did this come out? 85, 86? So, yeah, somewhere in there. So I'd have been like seven, something somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah. I remember because. She kind of takes over part of Steve Martin's body. Like when yes. he looks in the mirror, he sees her. Yeah. Uh, but then he has to go use the urinal. <laughs> and that whole I died laughing as a kid. Died laughing. It's great jokes. It's still it's still it still works as an adult. It does. It's good. <laughs> but it's got the, you know, the nice a little bit for everybody, but it was mostly for adults. Right. Right. But I enjoyed it for there were a couple of jokes that I thought were great as a, a kid, and I still think are great. You know, even now as an adult, you appreciate more of the overall arc. And uh, yeah, it, I mean, it's kind of a low key Tootsie, right? Because I mean, whereas Dustin Hoffman dresses up as a woman to understand what the world is like as a woman and compare it to his experience as a man, mm-hmm. in this, she and the way it happens is that she he transfers the, the swabby transfers the bowl, the soul to the bowl, and the bowl gets knocked out the window in accident and lands on oh, yeah, and hits him. Yeah, and the soul goes into him, and she, and she she is shocked to be in a man's body, and he is shocked to have a woman in his body. So they both have these kind of conversations about what it's like to be a man or a woman in society, and so you see that as the film goes along. And of course, the, you find out that the uh, the British girl Victoria Tennant she was trying to do this so she could take control of her fortunes and was mm-hmm. never going to uh, allow her to have her soul be put into her body and all of that. So he has to now through her, uh, help her like, uh, figure out what to do. And she realizes that she'd been a pretty vapid rich person. And so she has to come to terms with what she had done in her past. So it was, it's actually, actually a, a damn good movie. I wonder yeah, if it's good. Who, who wrote this thing? Was it Rob Reiner or anybody like that? Or did he, I think Rob Reiner might've directed it. Oh, I don't think so. No, 19, yeah, Carl Reiner, sorry, Carl Reiner. He directed it. Carl Reiner directed okay. it. So yeah, 1984. Um, 19, and, yeah, might've been five or six. Depending and the on guy who wrote Field of Dreams and Sneakers and The Sum of All Fears wrote this one, Phil Alden Robinson. So huh. speaks volumes. Yeah. All right. So that was my uh, eight. What do you got? Uh, yeah. All right. So then my number 10 is uh, vice versa. The, oh, that's uh, a punt. Yeah, really? Okay, you liked it that That's much. Fun. All right. Uh, For respect. one specific thing, anyway. All right, respect. Uh, as I said, nine is all of me. Yeah. All right, and so here's one of my, a couple of cheats I have on here. Um, and they're from the same franchise, so I'll put it out there. Uh, Jumanji, the next level, the sequel to the original one. Oh, okay. So yeah. are you implying that there might be another? Maybe, yes, there might be, yes. This is how I filled out my list. Go so, right ahead. Yeah. I still haven't seen this yet. Okay, well, this is the sequel, um, and of course, man, dude, one of my greatest experiences of my life was the original, and we'll talk about that when we get to that, but the sequel uh, got released, and I was looking forward to it because I really enjoyed that first one, and this one is good. It's just not as good, and okay. Danny Glover and Danny DeVito, it's a little weird what happens, but certainly the world is way more expansive in this movie, which is fun to experience and see. Um, one of the Jonas brothers, I think Joe Jonas is in this thing. He's good in, in the film as well. He gets a little more to do. Um, they bring back Colin Hanks to a degree. And so, so and Aquafina is very funny in the film as well. So mm-hmm. this is more a matter of like this, there's bodies being switched in, in terms of avatars and consciousness and all of that. 
but it's not the same as what you saw uh, in the first movie. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, The Rock is essentially playing Danny DeVito. Kevin Hart is playing Danny Daniel Glover, Danny Glover. And so they're old men trapped inside these young, big bodies, but they're still talking to each other like they're old men, um, which is funny. The girls, I think the girls pretty much stay in the bodies they had before, I think. Um, and so that's very funny uh, in certain spots, but in other spots, it felt like it was a bit forced, a bit, a bit rough um, overall. <laughs> so it's not why it, that's not why it's as high uh, on my list as it might have been had it been as good as I was hoping for it to be. So, but it's still good. Yeah, had had I not basically come to the conclusion last night that I couldn't do full consciousness body swap, I was going to take the time to try and watch Next Level. Yeah. Yeah. But instead, I watched Change Up again. Right. Uh, just to see it. So, but another one may or may not be discussed later on. <laughs> okay. All right. You know, uh, no spoilers. Yeah. No, no, no. Man, this one has, I mean, like I said, this one has a pretty, like they're having to take over, uh, they're having to stop the takeover of the entire land of Jumanji. And so mm-hmm. they, it's a little more than what you saw in the first one, it's a more extensive. And then stuff happens at the end. I don't want to ruin it for anybody who hasn't seen it because it's only, I think it's a 2019 film. It's just last year. Yeah, it came out last year, last Christmas. It feels like two years ago, man. It's so crazy with all the shit that's gone on. But yeah. um, but uh, there's, what can I say? Oh, there's stuff that happens at the end that would be, would make a sequel if they're going to do it down the road. Very, very interesting. And for fans of the first movie, I think there will be stuff to look forward to. Of the original, rather, not the first movie, the original, the one from the 90s. There'll be stuff to look forward to for sure. So uh, that's what I would say about it. Still good. Still damn good. So uh, so that was your eight? That is my eight, yes. Okay. My seven is uh, Shrek the Third. Oh, where's that on my list? That is also my seven. Yes, Shrek the Third. It qualifies. There's a... It's, it's not as prominent a uh, character because it's what donkey and puss donkey and puss uh do the swap but it does count it counts, it counts for consciousness yeah. i do like this better than like father like son and all of me and yeah. i will see shrek three the third rather more times than i will see both of those so that's why it ended up as my number seven because it qualified and checked all the boxes baby <laughs> i'm happy when it happened on this list i wanted it to happen as much as i possibly could yeah yeah and it's a funny film. I mean, it's a fu- when they swap, it's very funny um, because you know, like obviously there are jokes at each other's expenses, there are yeah. jokes at each other's animal expenses, uh, and all that. Um, and you know how Puss has money in his boot, but he's always claiming to be poor, and he's like, "Oh, how did that get in there?" Like, so all these secrets get exposed by both mm-hmm. of them on each other, which I think is very funny as a, a new layer of um, enjoyment to the movie for sure. Uh, yeah, I think it does. And it's also kind of, uh, livens it up. It's the third one. So yeah. you don't want to kind of be mining the same material for the jokes over and over because it'll be stale. Yeah. So the role reversal, uh, adds another dimension that hadn't been, you know, uh, used previously in the, the first two films. Mm-hmm. So it keeps it fresh. Uh, and I enjoy it for that aspect as well. Yeah. I just think that for me, the whole Shrek series, I don't know how often, I'll see it again. Okay. Uh, it's nothing against it. It's just, there's so much other kid flavored stuff. And when I'm right. hanging out with nieces, nephews, and they want to pop on, it's never Shrek. 
Right, right. It's right. always some Disney something or other or Nickelodeon, like mm-hmm. Paw Patrol type stuff. That's what they want to watch. So I'm sure there are households where their parents introduce them to Shrek, but it's none that I hang out with. So I just don't see it all that much. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to seek it out because there's other animation to watch. You know, mm-hmm. listen to Thursday's Topic Thunder. We talk about that. <laughs> all kinds of different stuff. <laughs> Yeah, this it's not a bad franchise, the Shrek franchise. It's not, but I, it's, I do get your point. Like pe- people don't normally put it on at the same levels that they do other franchises. Not in my world, at least. Yeah. Um, and then hopefully we get a couple irate like Super Shrek fans. Like, how dare you? <laughs> to picture them dressed up as the gingerbread man. How <laughs> they? It's Christmas. I like it as the Avatar. It's festive, and also you can tell it was at Comic Con, so it means it's July in San Diego. Good for you. That's commitment right there. So just double respect. I can't wait to see that picture. My gum drop buttons. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> oh, buddy. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, this the first one is so good because of John Lithgow, and the second one is actually damn good because you get more with um, you get Fairy Godmother, right? You get yeah. Jennifer Saunders playing the they Fairy Godmother. The world. Yeah, more with Rupert Everett. Then the third one is about, you know, King Arthur, Justin Timberlake trying to, uh, you know, Shrek trying to help Justin Timberlake embrace his destiny, which I think is great. Mm-hmm. And you get the crazy Merlin stuff with Eric Idle. Uh, and then the switch, like you said, which is why, how it happens. It's Merlin who yeah. switches them on accident, the body swap. And then the fourth one, I think, is actually a dark comedy because Rumpelstiltskin is a pretty dark character. And I think yes, it really works. I, I like that fourth one, too. Uh, anyway, so that is mm. uh, my number seven. Okay, which six? My six is Heaven Can Wait. Heaven Can Wait. Oh, yeah, shit. The uh, Warren Beatty. The Warren Beatty. Oh, yeah. fuck. Where he's a you know what? that just knocked vice versa off my list. All right. Oh, how dare you? I I, I sorry. I, I forgot that heaven can wait. It's part of this. Well, Damn it. All right, take I, it away, Matt. Once I was like, all right, it doesn't have to be consciousness, like both people need to be flip-flopping type of yeah. thing. I was like, you know what movie I always did like? It was that one. Uh it was kind of I saw it on Saturday afternoon TV or something at one point. Uh and I was like, what is this? Like it's got this weird sports tie-in. That's what drew me in because he's a yeah. backup quarterback. And then the his uh, an like an angel thinks he's gonna die, but he's not technically gonna die, so he steals him from his death, and then finds out that wasn't supposed to happen. So he puts him into someone that was just recently deceased, and he gets to take over that person's body. And then the crazy part is he decides because the dude that whose body he inhabits uh, is super rich, so he wants to revert back to his backup quarterback days, and he yep. buys the Rams, or I think it was the Rams. Yeah, it is. It's the yeah. Rams, the, U, the LA Rams. Yeah, yeah. To be the the quarterback of that, to lead them to the Super Bowl and all this yep. jazz, like the premise is ridiculous. But Warren Beatty is so good. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's a nice heartfelt story. It's a little bit. It's got more of the serious element as opposed to the comedic effect that more often than not these El Switcheroos mm-hmm. uh, tend to you know try and communicate, evoke whatever, however you want to say it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was surprised how much I liked it too, Matt. I remember seeing this is not one again. Once again, this is one of those lost kind of '80s comedies that really only your parents or your grandparents talk about, um, uh, or us. <laughs> but like, it's 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 damn good. And Warren Beatty, for all the shit around Warren Beatty, he's actually really uh, genuinely charming in this movie. And uh, I think it's based on a previous movie, or it's a remake of another movie 
from back in the forties, if I remember correctly, but it really works here. And it's mm-hmm. actually, actually thought provoking and funny uh, and unusual. Um, uh, and like I said, it has a great sports tie in. I mean, Warren Beatty is a quarterback of the Rams. <laughs> I think it's kind of strange to see that, but uh, you know, it's, it's what it is, you know? Yeah. But at the same time, it, I don't know. It kind of works a little bit. Yeah, it does. He's a pretty boy. You can see that. As, yeah, you know, pretty boy quarterback type thing. No yeah. quarterback is that good looking, right? Right. Uh, but you could cast one as such. Yeah, here it is. Yeah, it's a remake of "Here Comes Mr. Jordan" from 1941. Yeah, this one okay. came out in 1978. It was nominated for nine Academy Awards, so this is not something to ignore or think it's you know boring. Yeah, I also think it was a light year. Well, okay, all right. I don't know. I'd have to look, but if this garners nine. I have to assume it was kind of a light year. <laughs> it's a good movie. Do not get me wrong. It makes my list. Nine Academy Awards. Oh, I do not know about that. Uh, now I'm curious. Now I'm curious. I know we don't have a lot of time to jump on to separate tangents, but now I'm curious. 1978 movies. Well, just now. yeah. look up 1979 Oscars. It'll tell you what was nominated against it. All right. Movies released in 1978. Superman. Grease. Animal House. Every Which Way But Loose, Heaven Can Wait, Jaws 2, The Deer Hunter, Revenge of the Pink Panther. Those are some damn good movies. Those are some fucking good movies. Midnight Express, Coming Home, um, The Buddy Holly Story. I think, did Star Wars come out in 78 too? Is that right? That sounds right. Yeah. There were, were interesting. All right, all right. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think it did come out. So the the remake of The Big Sleep. So it may have been light overall, but the ones that were big were big. Well, so Warren got a nod for lead actor. Yes. And then the Jack Warden for best supporting actor. Great actor, Jack Warden. Yes. And Diane Cannon, best supporting actress. Yeah, yeah. Like it's got art direction. It's a light year, man. It's a light year. All right, man. Well, because in leading role, he's up against John Voight and coming home. Yeah. Who I think he won for that. He did. Yeah. Gary Busey, the Buddy Holly story. Oh, it's great, man. De Niro, the deer hunter. Yeah. And uh, Olivier and the boys from Brazil. Oh, the boys from Brazil. Right. That's a good movie, too. Okay, is it? Oh, yeah. Are you kidding? That one about, like, um, you know, the Nazis coming back. I've read the book. Yeah. Um, I think Gregory Peck's in that one, too, I think. Just between that and Coming Home, I haven't seen either of those two. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I've seen the other three. Heaven Kuwait is fine. Yeah, yeah. I think (laughs) probably I'd give it to Busey. Wow. Overall, De Niro. Wow. I haven't seen Olivier in Boys from Brazil. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I haven't seen John Voight. I've never even heard of Coming Home. Oh, really? The John Voight one with Jane Fonda? Yeah. The never beat. even. Maybe I've seen. Yeah. Read it and just not realized it. But mm. that is. Those are all words I understand. And yet it has no <laughs> meaning to my my brain whatsoever. That's fair. Yeah. It's a. Uh, was it? It's um. It's a uh, Jane Fonda is married to Bruce Dern. Uh, John Voight is a Vietnam veteran has come back. He's, I think he's paralyzed. He's in a wheelchair and yeah. she, uh, volunteers helping 
vets and she ends up falling in love with him, which causes, of course, problems at home with Bruce, who I think served as well, but didn't get injured in Vietnam. So there's this like, you know, powerful triangle going on between all three of them. Well, if you can only see one Vietnam drama from 1978, make a deer hunter. I agree. It's a thousand percent agree with Matt. Most deer hunter is the one. Um, all right, so that was my six. There you go. All right. <laughs> Interesting year for movies, though. Maybe Weird we'll do year. a top 10 1978 one day. All right, six is uh, – oh, so six is – oh, so seven, Shrek the third. Then my six is the punt from earlier, uh, the changeup. It made it to six. Okay. Wow, so, made it to six. Yeah. I could have gone higher, but I think I had to – I think I had to kind of be honest with myself that I do enjoy the movie, but these other uh, – the top five, um, I just think – Maybe quality wise or cheesy wise or better in my mind, but I like the change up, man. I mean, tell me about your experience watching it again. Uh, it was good. Okay. It was, you knew exactly where it was going. Right. Right. Um, although they fall usually the, after the initial switch, when the, the new characters get put into the, the lives they've never led, but you know, have to act like it. Theirs goes catastrophically wrong immediately. Um, just what is it? Ryan Reynolds, who yeah. uh, is now Bateman, has to go to his uh, meeting where he's up for a partnership. Yeah, Ryan has then, to do it. Yeah, flip side is Bateman, who is now Ryan Reynolds, has to go to his big movie break, and it's a softcore porn that he has to put his thumb into a girl's asshole. And you're like, this, this, I mean, this took a fucking turn. It kind of has like a little bit of fun, playful, and Ryan Reynolds is yeah. cursing too much. But it's like, Jesus, this went, you know, kind of R. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It didn't really necessarily need to be. Yeah. And that whole Ryan Reynolds on a softcore porn shoot was like, okay. <laughs> I know. It's a little, it's a little interesting. But I, but I think it's played, you know, it's played a little more lighter. And, it's played well. Yeah. And he has that, you know, kind of burgeoning relationship with um, Olivia Wilde, which is a very sexy scene when she, you know, kind yes. of takes off uh, her clothes there in, in their home. But like he's also like Brian Reynolds is in this situation where he's actually going to have sex with his best friend's wife. And that's kind of yeah. weird and stuff. So, yeah, that is weird. Right. I so. don't. So, I like the the Ryan Reynolds Bateman in that meeting. Like, really not knowing oh, yeah. what to do and just kind of reverse back to that seemed good to me. I didn't like the Bateman as Ryan Reynolds, right? Because if you're up for a partnership, you've talked in front of people quite a bit in meetings, presentations, and whatnot, and you can't remember a couple lines and a simple direction. Bullshit. Just <laughs> bullshit. Okay. Uh, I don't buy it in the slightest. Right, right. He's not timid about being in front of the camera. It's just like, you really want me to say that? Just like, get through it, man. That's all you got to do. You should be able to pull this off. Yeah. But, but, it's fine. but at the inherent, like the, the, um, the foundation of this is that Bateman is very judgmental of Ryan Reynolds in his life. Right. Yes. True. By the other hand, and Reynolds on the other hand is very like not wanting Bateman's life because he sees it as a prison. This idea of only mm-hmm. one woman, this idea of like being married, this idea of having a child, sure. like he sees it as a prison, but both of them were unfairly judging each other's lives and then learn about how like what the demands are on both of them to live the life that they're living 
separately from each other. And so yeah. it brings them closer together as friends. And it does help them each realize how they could be better participants in their lives once they switch bodies back. So, I mean, I think it's it's sweet in that way. And, and you know, sometimes you do need to see what it's like outside of yourself a little bit to kind of change your pers- your perception of what's going on in your world. I don't know. Yeah, that's why I like it the way it is. Okay. It made my list. Yeah, true. Very true. I'm glad it did. Uh, is that your six? Yeah, it's my six. What's your five? My five is the punt from earlier, vice versa. Okay. All right. Take it away, my man. It's off uh, my list now. <laughs> solely, it is off your list now. Solely for Judge Reinhold. Okay. He is phenomenal acting as an adult with a kid's mind. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. He just, I buy it so, so supremely mm-hmm. that of the 80s swaparoos, this one was my favorite for his performance. I at that age, I, I was never a fan of Fred Savage by and large. Uh, right, 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 right. You didn't like Wonder I liked Years. Little monsters a lot. Okay, okay. but I, I can't stand Wonder Years. Wow, I hate it. Wow. Okay. Uh, here's the entire series summated to me. Okay. Paul, it's the whole fucking series wrapped up into one word and emotion. Paul, ugh. Fucking hate that show. It's so depressing. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. And they're like, what, the wizard and. Right. Uh, well, Princess Bride was around this time, I think, maybe. He's a kid. Yeah, but right? I like everybody else in it, and he's the kid dragging down the story. Wow. Wow. You've got a real. Okay. Well, when I was a kid, I was like, why are you pitching a fit? Just listen to this story. This story's really cool. Yeah. Like when I was watching it as a kid. Right. Uh, I wish my grandpa would read me stories like that, except that, you know, it doesn't look like that in my head, but. Grandpa privilege. It's grandpa. Yeah, grandpa. It privilege. Is grandpa privilege. How dare they? Hashtag grandpa privilege. Top ten. Twenty twenty quarantine style. Put it out there. <laughs> Fake news. It's all. Uh, but honestly, for Judge Reinhold, and it's. I don't even know if it's worth. If you've never seen it, worth revisiting. Yeah, it is kind of dated for sure. It is dated. Yeah. It's very early eighties, like you know, family fair. Yeah. Uh but I saw it. I was the roughly the same age as Fred Savage, maybe a couple years younger. Mm-hmm. And uh I saw every one of these body switch movies, and it was my favorite. And I went back and just watched some clips from this movie, and I was like, Yep, Judge Reinhold. I could care less about a lot of the rest of this. But right. watching him in this meeting right now argue and like fudge his way through life and the first time he's home alone and he's all yeah. just jazzed he tells us you know savage he's got to go to school and he's like oh things have changed dad <laughs> he's great in it uh and savage does a good job acting as like yeah. an adult in a kid's world he pulls it off but i gravitate then and now to everything judge is doing Judge is one of those forgotten '80s actors, isn't he, uh, Matt? Like, nobody, I always, I always had a soft spot for him. Right? Nobody talks about him yet. He was like, "There's some great, uh, just a lovable dude on his resume." Yeah, I mean, like, great in Beverly Hills Cop one and two. Yep, he's he's really good in Ruthless People. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's good in this, and he's always he's always been able to to radiate Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Okay, people just forget how good he is in a lot of these like seminal or good movies uh, and just kind of move past um, his work in the eighties. And he was essential 
to a lot of these movies uh, in making them work and making you laugh as you're watching them. I would think. I know it's surprising that he didn't live in our movie world yeah. for longer. Not saying that he would have had a Tom Cruise like four right. decade long career, but right. consistently work and kept popping up and stuff. Yeah. Uh, he was likable. Right. He was in Stripes. Yeah. Small part in Stripes. Gremlins. Lords of Discipline. Hey, he plays a dick in Gremlins, though. He does play a dick in Gremlins, yeah. Yeah, Ruthless People. Yeah, Beverly Hills Cop 2. Then Vice Versa is 88. So right as he's sliding out of uh, the Prominence. 80s, 90s. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so there you go. You know, just saying. There's more for him. There should have been more for him. but Maybe. Oh, well. He was nominated for an Emmy for that role he did in Seinfeld. So shout out to him for that. The Close Talker. He's a Close Talker. Yeah, but they just gave it to any celebrity that guest stars. They really do. Well, no, it's it's nothing against his performance, but as I've heard other actors point out, it's just like, yeah, but what about the the person, the New York actor on Law, Law and Order that you've never seen since, oh, oh, crushing true. it as oh, the mother whose son was violently murdered in, on the subway station? Yeah, and it's a riveting performance, but they're not a celebrity, so nobody really. Talks yeah. about at the end of the year. Yeah, we, we recently got, it's funny you bring that up. We recently got the, the Peacock app and we've been like ripping through seasons of Law and Order that we haven't seen. Okay. Dude, there is so much fucking great acting on that show. And remember, this is a time when you had 24 episodes a season, mm-hmm. hour long episodes. You're absolutely right to bring this up, Matt. There's so much stellar acting going on. Yeah, for people you've never seen again. Right, we've never seen again, exactly. And they're having to deal with like these hugely traumatic moments uh, or things uh, going on. You know, I've always, I was always intimidated to audition for that show because it's like I could have, you had the fact you have to kind of summon up that kind of emotion for, I don't know, a minute of screen time. It's like intense, man. A hundred percent. And you need to bring it, and the rest of the cast is kind of like, yeah, you know, uh, we've been here. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. we've done this before type of thing, and it's all new to you. But then right. that year's Emmy will go to Marky Post, because she was <laughs> an episode of Who the Fuck Knows, and it's good to see Marky again, so let's give her an award. Like, yeah. Uh, I can't blame you. That's, you know, she a name actress for a long time, and uh, who doesn't love a little Marky Post? Marky Post, yeah. Great so, night court, absolutely. And man. that's what happened. Uh, it, you know, and now there's there's more celebrities, bigger names end up. Yeah, the Emmys is not the once you know bastion yeah. for. Yeah, I'm starting to you know mentally move away from award shows, man. I mean, I you know, I don't watch them. Don't care. In my mind, I'm like I've gotten to the point now where it's like, well. The fact that they were trying to ram through an Oscars uh, for next year, and they're still trying to ram through an Oscars for next year, I don't know, bro. It's it's. I don't think that I don't think it's wrong to you know watch movies and have debates about which ones you like or didn't like or which ones you put at the top of your list. I think top ten films of twenty. That's all cool. I got no problem with that. Yeah. But at, but award shows now, I'm just like it's always been subjective. It's always been campaigns and. Too many people point to those award shows as the end-all, be-all, but their essence is subjective, so therefore there is no end-all, be-all answer. And just because you said something won an Oscar, it doesn't necessarily mean it's quality. So like, once that gets eroded, then 
the luster of winning yeah. one of those becomes not as important. I mean, I'd rather have 20 million in my bank account than a fucking Oscar. Do you know what I'm saying? And so this idea of like aspiring to well, it depends on what you want. So you clearly yeah. take the financial stability. I think now in the, in, in when I was in my twenties or thirties, I'd be like, Oh yeah. The, the prestige of winning an Oscar would be great. But like now it's like, well, security is what you want now. Yeah. Hopefully that Oscar got you that. So I didn't know you won an Oscar. Congratulations. <laughs> I wish I'd won. Enjoy that 20 mil. <laughs> the more you know. Um, all right. Then my number five <laughs> is uh, Face Off. Yeah, I couldn't do it. I, I had a feeling it wouldn't be on your list, man. I had a feeling. That movie me, sucks. When you texted me and you said you were struggling. You know what? I'm going to use the restroom, grab a drink. You go ahead and talk about fucking face-off for three minutes without me. I love face-off. What a cheesy, awesome, nutty film from John Woo with Nicolas Cage and John Travolta. They're switching bodies through some government experiment. You have to let go of the fact that they look nothing like each other. You have to let go of the fact that like one is one foot shorter than the other thing. Travolta's taller than Nick Cage. Uh, But it is pure... um, it's a great avenue, sorry, for both of them to uh, indulge their desire to overact or their desire to go crazy and do whatever. And, you know, Nicholas Cage, John Travolta as Nicholas Cage uh, is so funny. He's doing the white eyes and all this stuff. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, when Travolta is playing like Nicholas Cage inside his body, the really uncomfortable moments he has with his daughter, you could never get away with that. Now, the stuff with Dominique Swain. Um, but then him like dancing around and how does his wife, Joan Allen, not know, you know, that, uh, it's another person inside her husband's body, like not sense the energy difference or whatever, you know? And so all of that, you kind of have to put that aside a little bit because the action is crazy. What happens between them is nuts. The it's John Woo with the slow motion and the doves and all this. And, you could argue that this is the best John Woo film he did stateside. Uh, some people, like Mark Ellis, would argue Hard Target is better. Um, I was in Wind Talkers, but uh, you'd never catch me arguing that Wind Talkers is the best John Woo film he did stateside. So, you know, by default, I think it's um, Face Off. And there's some great scenes, some great, like in terms of well shot scenes, some great cinematography overall. But, uh, you know, that's why I put it in five. And you get a young Nick Cassavetes. As that bald and Gina Gershon's in this thing, so there's enough to enjoy if you're a big fan of it and the cheesiness of face, all of it. Uh, and there were rumors about a remake, there have been rumors about a remake for the last five years. Um, uh, but we'll see. But anyway, yeah, that's why I put it at five. I think it still holds up. I think wow. for the cheese yeah. factor alone, it holds up. So. I, I agree with that because you should remake bad movies because maybe <laughs> there's a good premise in there somewhere. I agree, fair enough. Four, I have uh, Freaky Friday. Oh, that's my three. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Lindsay Lohan. The Lindsay Lohan one or the original? No, the Lindsay Lohan, Jamie Lee Curtis. It's the only one I've seen. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And I kind of saw it so randomly. I thought it was just going to be some formulaic. You know, you judge a movie when you see a trailer and be like, ah, it's made for. You already think you know the beats of it. Right. but it's really good. It's probably the most successful of the straight, you know, young or young family type of uh, what you're leaning towards. Yeah. And uh, Lindsay Lohan, back before we knew she was 
I guess maybe too addicted to the lifestyle of being Lindsay Lohan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's, that's how before, yeah, she was making that transition. So she's, she's making a name. Yeah. Disney. Cause Herbie love bug. Herbie's around this time too. I think it's like a year before, maybe yeah. a year and a half before. Yeah. And she, now she's up against, she's with somebody who's a, a, a huge name, Hollywood mm-hmm. royalty. Uh, she's been in a, you know, franchise of her own and Halloween type of thing. Like, yeah an actress with clout and holds her own. And it's the two of them. And Jamie Lee is uh, great. Yes. She is really good playing uh, the younger Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. It was like post the true lies for the next like six, seven years. You'd see her in surviving Christmas or whatever that was. Christmas with the cranks. I think that was like three years after this, Mm -hmm. but I think true lies like gave her an entire, another second win from that. Was it 94? I think so. True Lies is 94 or 92. 95, oh, 92. 92 is the first number in my head, but I was like, that seems really early. No, 92, I think, is Terminator. So Terminator 2. So True Lies, I think it is. True Lies is 94. 94. Yeah, right on that yeah. yeah, and the Freaky Friday was what, like 97, 98? Freaky Friday is, I'm sorry, Terminator is 91. Freaky Friday is 2003. 2003. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Full. Yeah, wow, that's a lot, lot later than I anticipated. Yeah, 2003. So this is after the True Lies situation. And she's still great and, you know, kind of conveying that kind of young mom. Or I'm mean, sorry, the mom switching into the young child thing really well. Yeah, to see. Because usually Jamie Lee, in my head, I associate her with uh more up-tempo action-y type mm-hmm. of stuff. Mm-hmm. Even, um, you know, going back further, like, what was it, Thin Blue Line? Right. Like drama, but they're still like the action-y. So in my head, she's always kind of existed like that. And this is a slightly softer, mm-hmm. where she shifted to playing more moms and stuff, you know, uh, eventually, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but the interplay between her and Lindsay Lohan, like, there's some genuine affection. It's the best acting of any of these swaps where a parent swaps with a child yeah oh i agree a thousand percent yeah i didn't put on 18 again because yeah i mean i haven't seen that in so long i like george burns but it's not a movie that i remember thinking it was amazing yeah Yeah. if i'm going to go back and watch george burns from that era era, it's going to be what oh god you devil yeah oh god yeah oh you Uh, you want that one yeah 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 i like that one more personally really wow but i haven't seen it in so long (laughs) yeah you know, that was the third one in that series. They made three of those. Pretty crazy. I think that You Devil was the only one I saw in the theater because the rest came, you know, predate me. Yeah, yeah. I might have seen that in the theater. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I think the I, I think Lindsay, this is like you know, it's a shame to look. I, I people can judge or whatever, but it's a shame what happened to Lindsay. You know, eventually because like this is when it's just like Amanda Bynes. Like you, you've got a lot of evidence to show you what um what was possible here uh and Lindsay got into all the partying and all that stuff and it just kind of destroyed what could have been a great transition it's because hathaway did this right hathaway stepped out of the disney stuff took Mm -hmm. some roles that were a bit you know um how can i say it's a bit revealing like havoc and whatever like kind of broke out of the mold did the princess diaries as well but then eventually kind of as she grew up grabbed onto these other roles and these more independent films and if Lindsay had 
you know, for whatever reason, had a little more of a, of a desire to do that, to be taken a little more legitimate as the actress. I think there was certainly possibilities uh, for her to, to do that more, but you know, this is just yeah, like but- um, uh, Mean Girls is the last gasp, I think of the potential of Lindsay Lohan. Yes. And it flows from Freaky Friday into Mean Girls just a few years later. Um, so it's a shame, but she's great. She's so charming in the movie. She's very funny. Uh, and they have genuine chemistry. Mm. And uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, who's, you know, who is, it's a crime she hasn't done more noted comedies. She has great comedic sensibilities, man. You know, she does. So go watch Trading Places. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, and of course, her husband's Christopher Guest, so that makes all the sense in the world. So, yeah. Uh, all right. So that was my four year three. Yes. So, yes. what's your four? My four is 13 going on 30. Okay. I have never seen it all the way through, so go ahead. Okay. Yeah. I love this movie, man. Okay. Absolutely love this movie. Uh, Jennifer Garner rarely gets a chance to be successful in a film. So um, when I thought this one came at a time when she was kind of like making the move. I think Electra's around this time too. She's making this move out of Alias um, where she was critically acclaimed. And so she's trying to do something here and she steps into this role and I think she knocks it out of the park. She plays it so well as a teenage girl, all of a sudden waking up in an older woman's body not that much older, but certainly old enough to be an executive for a company uh, Judy Greer plays her best friend and what that all that 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 entails. And then her boss is Andy Serkis, who is very funny. The rare time you get to see Andy Serkis uh, using his actual British voice um, and all of that. Oh, no, wait, is he, is he British? I think he's British. So it's a I don't want to misspeak because people get upset uh, when you misspeak about people they love. So I think he's British. Oh, Circus. Yeah. In yeah. real life. Yeah. He's from London. Yeah. Exactly. So I thought you were asking me in this movie and I was like, you're asking the wrong person. Yeah, no, no. He's British in the movie. And so, but like all the things that she navigates as she gets older and sees like what she turns into, she has to reevaluate. And the Ruffalo thing with her is really sweet throughout the movie is Ruffalo is with someone else at the time. Who's maybe not the best person for him, but um, he falls back in love with her because they used to be um, friends in, uh, middle school i think and sh- and he was kind of the heavier kid and she wasn't that into him she wanted to be part of the cool kids and all of that so it explores all that but she's so damn charming in this movie like the thriller scene at the event the 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 back and forth conversations with judy greer with ruffalo when she's really embracing what she has and what she can do now that she's in this body and then the eventual switch back so to me i i really enjoy it it's very very charming Mm. Uh, and it's it's a rare character that jennifer garner gets to play because usually she plays these like harder edge kind of characters or emotional yeah well alias kind of you know right, right. set the template right it's like and michelle peppermint. rodriguez yeah exactly like michelle exactly and peppermint's on netflix if you guys haven't seen peppermint i can recommend that one it's a pretty yeah. awesome revenge movie that she's in um all right that's my four okay your three was freaky. My oh, nope. your three, your four was freaky. My, my four was freaky. Yeah. So, what's your three? My three is being John Malkovich. Oh my god, I totally forgot about that one. Really? Because we shit. Because you asked me on last week's show, and you're like, "Would you count oh. this?" And I was like, "Well, if we're oh. talking about consciousness swap, and oh. all right, I'm moving it. My heaven can wait. It's off the list. It's off the list. Uh, I will put at three being John Malkovich. I think that's a fucking. I can't yeah. believe I forgot about that. Once one. I, what a great decision. 
Yeah, once I was like, okay, well, I'm not bound by this. Well, Malkovich, John Cusack, Cameron Diaz, and Catherine Keener all swap consciousness. Like, they take over Malkovich's body. And it's a strange fucking film that somehow is very successful. I agree. A million percent. A million percent. Uh, It's been a minute since I've seen it. I've seen it probably like 10 times, 12 times. You know what I mean? I've seen the fucking movie a bunch of times. Yeah, yeah. But it's been a minute since I've seen it. Uh yeah. It's fucking strange, man. It's a weird period for, you know, certain film auteurs. <laughs> yeah, this this is a Charlie Kaufman one. It is Kaufman. Spike Jones directed this one. I, correct. And uh, but yeah, you're right. This one's one of those like it's an unusual comedy comedy. But yeah. if if it comedy is like yeah, it's a heavy quotation. Yeah, yeah. If it. Um, works for you it really fucking works for you because it's a very cerebral comedy a challenging comedy it's surrealistic yeah and surreal absolutely and what each of them experiences in malkovich's body because by the way they're they all think they're the heroes of their story but they're also all kind of you know they're all bad uh, yeah or they're not willing to admit the faults that they have especially between like cusack and cameron diaz this failing relationship type of thing Right, but also Catherine Keener is sleeping with John Cusack behind Cameron Diaz's yeah. back, and then of course she gets with Cameron Diaz, and so what does that all mean? But Cusack is the the you know the hang dog, uh, castrated guy in this movie, but he's also the architect of his own demise, you know, because he's so selfishly driven to have both women at the same time. So yeah, yeah, it's good though, man. It, it is. is. It's one of those movies that will never be remade. You can guarantee that. Oh yeah. I just don't know. There is no point in trying to get lightning in, you know, in a separate bottle on that one. Yeah. And also shout out to Malkovich, who's actually in the movie playing himself. Yes. And his um, experience with dealing with this shit and with having people, cons- you know, take over his body at me- in meetings. Or whatever, and then of course when he becomes the puppet master because of Cusack, like all of it, he plays it so well, you know. Well, it's a nice little, you know, bit of storytelling where Jack Cusack is a puppeteer on the side, and now he gets to be a, a real life. This is a human right. puppet that he gets to manipulate, type of thing. And I, it's interesting to see Malkovich's acting choices in the moments when he is being taken over by all the you know three different people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. weird little concept is like half floor and the elevator stops there and they get off and there's a weird little door and the door just takes you into the consciousness of John Malkovich. It's like, I don't even know how you conceive of this story. And then ultimately at the end, it's successful. Yeah, it is. It really is. And then you see all these people who have been going into Malkovich's body, you know, yeah. <laughs> a solid cast. Well acted. It's the cinematography is like it's it, it's really dark and overbearing when it yeah. needs to be. You feel it like it's a palpable yeah. tension. I can't. I mean, you you got producers to put up money. Mm-hmm. Good for fucking you, man. Yeah, this is and such this, an abstract thought. Well, this is around this time too, when like people were pushing the boundaries of the independent movement, and yeah, and it, it had a, it checked all the right boxes. This is the 99. This is right the tail end of that shit in the 90s. So, yeah, absolutely. It's great. Cameron Diaz on the way up, and Malkovich is Malkovich at that point, and Cusack is still Cusack, and Catherine Keener is kind of one of the – she's always in good movies. Yep, yep. 
it's just this is one of those ones too, Matt, where like I don't know. It's like it's um how can I say it's it sticks in your mind. The the, the if if it works for you, it'll stick in your mind. Like the idea of having a half floor never even occurred to me, dude. And knowing no, you have to kind of work your way into it, it is hilarious. But I can also see someone hating this probably, movie. Probably pretentious or whatever. Well, it just because they're making such distinct choices, they're not trying to appeal to everybody. Right. Um so either you buy it or you don't. So if, words, I, I fully understand that. But then at the same time, like American Beauty, I don't understand in the slightest. Oh, it's yeah. the same era. Yeah, I was uh, reading an article the other day about that. They Because uh, uh, I think Yahoo or, or somebody interviewed the screenwriter. Uh, and they said like, oh, you know, it was Kevin Spacey. That's the reason. If he hadn't done the stuff that he did, I was like, no, nah, you're, you're, it wouldn't have mattered oh, who was in that movie. It doesn't work now. It, it really doesn't. You know, no, it does. It didn't work for me at the time. I've never enjoyed that movie. Right, fair, fair. I thought Chris Cooper was great in that movie, but I get how. Yeah, that, but he wasn't so good that I gloss over everything else that I just. Yeah, I didn't care for Kevin Spacey. I didn't care for Thora Birch. I didn't care for like every storyline. Yeah, just like uh, Chris Cooper was good as the dad who's confused to say yeah. the least. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, but unfortunately, that was a good performance lost in a movie that I don't care about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so that was our collective three. Yeah, I would have to say yes, absolutely. What's your okay, two? So my two is Jumanji. Yeah, that's my two as well. Welcome to the jungle. Yeah, yeah, the first one. Yeah, Couldn't first believe one. how good it was. Jack Black to me steals the movie. Oh yeah. Oh my god, yes. Oh my god, yes. It's so good in the the day of you know of wokeness. <laughs> And he's doing his impression of like a valley girl. And yet it doesn't feel like it's demeaning. Nope. It feels honest. Yeah. And I love that. So I wonder if he had to have a talk with somebody like, oh, this feels like we're going to offend some people. Yeah. It's like, it's just a fucking joke. It's just, a, and, it, and I'm not, it's so long as I'm not belittling them for these behaviors. Right. Right. Then it is a personality, you know, type that could exist and does. Voila. Yeah. It could have gone oh, so many different directions, right? That would have been offensive. And you're right. Absolutely. Yeah. A thousand percent. Like the, the, um, he goes in, Jack Black does that. And you're, he probably talked to maybe his daughters or his, if he has, I don't know if he has any, but like maybe if he has, I know he has sons. All right. So maybe his nieces, maybe some, some, something like that. He could have a daughter, but I know he has two sons. That's all I'm saying. There's, and maybe friends who have daughters, maybe sat down with them. Hey, like, can I talk to you about this? Like, what's the reaction? Blah, blah. So it brings that authenticity to it that still makes fun of her, but also um, is respectful to her and what she's going through and the experience of whatever. Uh, and the nerd girl getting into, you know, Karen Gillan's body, who is kind of a nerdy, awkward girl herself. She'll say that, but like, she's very attractive and how that works. And, you know, you could have easily gone the trope of like, you know, oh, this is what it takes to succeed. You got to look like this. But they didn't. They avoided that by her, like, trying to be sexy scene, which is hilarious. Uh, and they didn't have Alex Wolf do, like, or have The Rock do Alex Wolf doing, like, a black voice to play the guy. It was totally different. And then, of course, Kevin Hart is so funny seeing the big dude become a smaller guy. Yeah, the tiny though. The world. Yeah, yeah. So all of it. And, but, but the direction is great, dude. The, the speed of the direction, how it flows from scene to scene. Yeah. And, and the heart of the movie really works. I When they announced it, I was like, how do you remake oh, yeah. that movie? 
thousand percent agree with you. And to not even try to remake that one and just do your own version of the same premise. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I instantly, once I started watching, I bought in. I was like, okay, it's yeah. they're not, you know, trying to do Robin Williams, which is impossible. There's no point in even attempting it. So instead of having him, we'll have this four ensemble, really good actors. Um, I see Karen Gillum in, you know, a comedy. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit, I guess, technically in the Guardians of the Galaxy stuff. But I'm one of those rare people that enjoyed Selfie or sitcom she did with John Cho. I thought she was good, but but, but it was canceled after one season. But I thought she was damn good. And it was a shame. Uh, but yeah, she could do comedy like nobody's business, man. You know, there was some. Yeah, it's life. nice to see her. Yeah, venturing out and then Jack Black in more of an actiony type of film. Yeah, well, even The Rock, you know, playing a nerdy guy. He still gets know. to be The Rock, though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Smoldering looks and everything. Yeah. yeah, and he's throwing dudes around, and he's still the he's still The Rock. It's just now it's The Rock with the brain. So it's like, <laughs> oh, so you got the best of both worlds. Good for you, Rock. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's gonna do stand-up comedy next oh fuck you um, i bet you'd be good at it oh yeah he's great he's i mean i don't know how good his sense of humor is in regards to it, but just get some writers i bet you'd be good at it he's great doing his sense of, his, his stuff at as the rock in wwe i mean some of his promos are great because they're oh. funny you know they're funny promos. he's I, of the past few years he's got one of the standout snl sketches and i don't oh, watch yeah. it every week i just if it's online i manage to see it where yeah. it's a evil scientist trying to create the world's most evil thing yeah and he wins and his is so evil that the others are like jesus man it's like i thought that was the point it's really good i don't want to spoil it if you want to go watch it yeah his barack obama was funny too that that was funny. okay i've only seen like snippets i've never actually oh, seen the yeah. sketch yeah when he turns into the hulk it's hilarious okay um but yeah, all right. So then our number one, I imagine, is the same as well, right? I, I would assume big. Big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um have Tom you seen Hanks. This have you seen this one a bit? Have, yeah, have you Tom Hanks? You heard of him? You ever heard of him? <laughs> he was in a movie. You might have seen Greyhound. That guy that was the captain. That's Tom Hanks. He was in big. <laughs> He's so good. He's so good. He's got he a career, good. that guy. He's got a career. <laughs> uh yeah, look. I mean, Tom Hanks is so obscenely funny that him getting or famous rather than funny that him getting Corona made quite a few people go, this Corona thing might be real. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, okay. It freaked people out. <laughs> it did. Tom, Tom Rita. Oh, yeah, really? yeah. Rita Wilson. Yeah. Um, I like how uh, people were like, God wanted you or the, the world wanted you to take it seriously. So they gave it to Tom Hanks. So <laughs> you would listen and pay attention. I'm like, yeah, fair point. I liked it. It happens to someone else, and you're like, ah, maybe you already have an inherent thing that you don't like about that individual, so it can just kind of confirm suspicion. But Tom Hanks, be like Henry Winkler. All you've ever heard is he's the nicest guy you're ever going to meet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Or like Adam Sandler, supposed to be, you know, incredibly generous. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, anyway, Tom Hanks, big. Of course, it was the number one. No brainer. Yeah. I got nothing to say about a movie that uh, has already been said a billion times. Yeah. Just that if you guys haven't seen that one in a, in a while, do yourself a favor and find it on a streaming service. It still holds up. It is still as genuine and charming and honest 
Uh, as it's kind of like a little Christmas vibe on yeah, some level to it. You could argue that. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially with gimbals in the toy store and all of that. Yeah. FAO um, Schwartz and. Oh, sorry. FAO Schwartz. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's not exactly Christmas, but it's a little more Christmassy than your average fair. Sure. And there's like a, you know, John Hurd's in it. Uh, Elizabeth Perkins. Yes. Elizabeth Perkins. It's a very sweet movie and still holds up in Loja. That old scene. Still we have Loja. And it's all because Tom Hanks is just so. I make toys for kids. <laughs> Help me out. Yeah. <laughs> Dance on the piano. Um, but all of it still works. Well, you're great. I'm going to make you a VP of development. <laughs> That's right. how it works out easy uh, in the 80s. Yeah. Uh, this is me smiling and grimacing. At the, uh, uh, and Mercedes Rule, who plays her mom, his mom, which I told. Oh, yeah. About. Good pull. Yeah. Totally forgot about that. Um, anyway, all right. So that's our uh, separate lists for the top 10 body swap movies or conscious swap movies. And we're going to um, compile our list here and uh, do it. Let me go get the bongos while you start off, man. I forgot to pull them out. All right. I was typing while you're gone. Sorry to the audio listeners. I was not uh, just jabbering away. Um, So I've got Big at number one. Jumanji at two. John Malkovich at three. Freaky Friday at four. Okay. That works. Because that's basically, that is now our shared one through four. Yes. Agreed. Um, So vice versa, you bumped off. Where did you put Heaven Can Wait? Uh, at, uh, uh, no, I took Kevin can wait off because of, uh, Malkovich. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you don't have, so we have Shrek the third, all of me and the change up in common. Yes. Yes. Um, where do you have those? I have, uh, Shrek the third at eight. Uh huh. I have the change up at seven and all of me at 10. Okay. And you had Shrek the Third at eight? Uh yes I did. Yes I did. All right. So it goes Shrek, change up. We take a break because all of me will both have lower. Okay. Yeah. All right. I got vice versa at five. You got anything to beat that? Mm, Thirteen going on thirty at five. But oh, uh movie. <laughs> Look at you just typing. Look at you just fucking typing. Uh, 13 going on. I've been saying it's probably a better movie. Oh, oh I right. put it there. Okay. And then what? Thir- and then freak and then vice versa? Vice versa. And then we'll do all of me. If one left. What's your next highest? Uh, face off at six. I have heaven can wait at six. I will say this. It was nominated for nine. Yeah. Yo, now you. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a weak ass year for film. I it was. I, I heard but that being said, I'm not saying <laughs> it wasn't deserving of some Oscar nominations. <laughs> the idea of nine seems excessive uh, to you're, me. You're fucking shameless. I love it. All right, yeah, I, I'm cool with that because I had it on my list originally, and I know it's fine. It's fine. Heaven can wait. It's fine. For all you John Woo fans, I apologize. I didn't fight harder for that one. <laughs> had John Woo's, you know, face off been nominated for ten Oscars. Fit, maybe, maybe. probably would have made this list. 
Um, all right, let's do this thing. Uh, the top 10 body swap movies, Jeff. At number 10. Heaven Can Wait. At number nine. All of Me. At number eight. Vice Versa. At number seven. 13 Going on 30. At number six. The Change Up. At number five. Shrek the Third. At number four. Freaky Friday. At number three. Being John Malkovich. At number two. Jumanji. And our number one body swap movie is... Big. Yeah. Josh Baskin. I think, his name is. I think you are correct. Yes. Um, Some things get stuck in there. Uh, yeah. Great stuff. Great list. A lot of great movies. Uh, and for some of you who've maybe never haven't seen Heaven Kuwait or all of me, maybe we talked you into giving it a shot on some random afternoon and seeing if it's not as dated uh, as it might be. Um, and uh, some Shrek shout out as well. Some Shrek love and some Jumanji love. Mm-hmm. This so there you go. It's a little bit all over the place. Some movies we never talked about. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, at least one we've talked about a lot, but that's not bad for considering how long we've been doing this. Hell yeah. I agree a thousand percent. Um, all right. So, yeah, we got uh, uh, Boss Hog topics coming up the next two weeks. So, our thanks to everybody that uh, supports us over at patreon.com forward slash the top 10 with the number 10. Um, if you can, you know, support the show over there, it would mean the world to us. It's thoroughly appreciated. And if you can't, then, um, tell a friend about the show or, uh, give us a review on iTunes, give it a like, a retweet, whatever you can do. We thoroughly appreciate it. It is the season to, uh, to give yeah. to be jolly. So, you know what I mean? Let's go out there. Let's deck those halls with the top 10 is go. what uh, I'm saying. And none of this makes sense, but damn it. Is it festive? <laughs> You're goddamn right it is. Yeah. Uh, you can follow me anywhere at Matt Knows. Check out uh, Settle the Score and uh, Dropping Dimes will be coming back very shortly. And that is it for me this week. Absolutely. Uh, one last question. Do you think, hard, real quick, Harden stays in Houston or not? Uh, it depends on if Philly is willing to give up Ben Simmons and something else to get him. Okay. All right. Because they I'm do not want to trade with uh, Philadelphia, but that looks to be the best offer potentially on the table unless they want to get, you know, Three quarters and a dime or two dimes back. For 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 Harden. I, I yeah. would not take Simmons over Harden, but you know, I don't run a franchise. Um you can uh, follow me, and that'll be back soon for, for Matt Nostrop and Dimes. You can follow me at the Roka says on Twitter and on Instagram. Of course, come on by to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash John Roca says and all the other podcasts I got going on, like the Cinephiles and uh, 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 Geek Buddies. So come and be involved in all of that. And, of course, our YouTube channel for the Top 10. Don't forget mm-hmm. to subscribe to that in case you're listening to us on uh, on audio there on the podcast form. You can also go to YouTube and subscribe. You, don't, you can turn that bell off if you don't want to know when we're dropping new things, but at least your subscription matters to put our numbers up and get our numbers higher and, mo- and uh, keep the monetization going on that channel. So please go and be a part of that and uh you know be safe wear the mask practice social distancing if you'd like yep. uh because uh, we want you to keep being a fan of the top 10 and as matt said please it's a giving season come become a patron come be a part of all the things i mean golden <laughs> ticket is wrapping up we got uh we got to uh, you know the, the the topic thunder we do every week give you a lot of content every week for you to enjoy here on the top 10 so please come on be a part of the patron patreon and uh support the show uh throughout this time all right uh that's it right we're out of here right yes sirree all right take care of yourselves we'll talk to you next time on another episode of the top 10 mm-hmm.
Ooh.